Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's been practicing CRNA for 20-plus years, a past president of the AANA, the NCANA, and has held many leadership roles. In fact, most of our listenership knows Sharon or knows who she is. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs. And today, we have a great show teed up for you, right, Sharon? Oh, yes, we do. We have someone in-house who we're excited to have, Miss Kimberly Gordon. Welcome to the show, Kimberly. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you, and and we're going to talk about today state advocacy, leadership, and professionalism. Yes. And CRNA engagement. Well... That's a lot of stuff to talk about, so I guess we just need to dive right on in. What do you think? Well, I don't know. Maybe you want me to tell a little bit about Kimberly? Well, I, you know, I I, I like to talk about her because I, she came from my world. Well, I, she did. She's a reformed yeah, accountant. She is. That Her bio says she is a reformed accountant. <laughs> Absolutely. Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. I mean, you're talking my language here. You know, I if know. I could do anything I, I, differently. Do I need to leave y'all alone? <laughs> <laughs> if I could do anything differently, would I come back as a CRNA? I don't know. Of I don't know you if would. I would. would it's I? way better oh, than accounting. Oh, gosh. I don't Certainly know. Certainly I don't know. You did that for seven years? I did. Wow. I see, could see I the accounting mean, side. I could. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. It, it does come out. Cost accounting? Huh? Yeah, I could oh, do it. it totally comes out. Anal retentive, yeah. nurse anesthetist No, well, a. in other ways. Well, that's why I get along so well with you guys. You exactly. know what I mean? That's so. true. The traits are exactly the same. They're they are. just applied differently. Yeah. yeah. So now she's gone over to the good side, the <laughs> CRNA side, and she's a faculty member at Wake Forest School of Medicine, nurse anesthesia program, mm-hmm. and also does a little PRN on the side. So welcome. We're well, to I that. guess I need to add my two cents in. Go ahead. Too. You guys know each other better than I do. Uh, so. Well, I just assume everybody knows Kimberly because <laughs> we've been kind of Siamese twins for about the last year. And we've got two more years to go, but right. she goes to Yale with me. That's right. We are working together on our project. Did you know, I told Sharon, I think Yale just won their conference in basketball, and they beat Harvard the other night. <laughs> you didn't know it either. <laughs> what kind of school doesn't promote their own sports? Come on. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they do. But they're supposedly good in hockey. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's what the you guys should go to a hockey game sometime. Down there, it's all hockey championships. Well, go there you have it. Yeah. 
Ivy League hockey. I see what you guys do when you go to school. You must study or something. Uh, we do study a <laughs> lot. And every Saturday, our class has a Zoom session together. And I put on my Yale shirt, and I do homework all day on Saturdays and Sundays. But I don't wear the Yale shirt on Sundays. But Kimberly does the same. I just want to know what shirt you wear on Sundays. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I went down a wrong path here. Okay. Okay. Let me back up. So let's get right to this show. All right. Well, let's talk about relationships with legislators that yes. you can talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's easier than you might think. In most general assemblies in most states, there are very few APRNs. There are very few nurses. There are no CRNAs, we know. Right. So if you're speaking with a legislator, chances are you are the expert in talking what you're talking about. We have farmers in North Carolina, for example. We have farmers. We have teachers. We have business people. We have two funeral directors. Right. So what do they know about nurse anesthesia? No. Nothing. Not a thing. And if you are not telling your story, somebody else is. That's right. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people lined up to say what nurse anesthetists should be doing. Or what nurses should be doing in general. Absolutely. Somebody is telling the story if you're not telling it. Well, gosh, who's telling the story if you're not telling it? <laughs> <laughs> well, our physician colleagues like to tell our story, like to talk about nursing, like to talk about advanced practice nursing in particular. They are a prominent voice in any state legislature. Hmm. So you definitely want to be telling the story yourself. Absolutely. And you are the expert. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's just funny when you two just finished each other's sentences, by the way. And you well, didn't we even do that a lot. <laughs> um, gosh. A uh, little know. bit of experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, you know, how you work together with other folks in the industry and your state organization. Kind of spend a little time talking about that. Well, I think recently now with the move towards APRN consensus and modernizing nursing practice acts around the United States, it behooves nurse anesthetists who have to, who are typically loners, go it alone. They don't view themselves. We have a long history with nursing and the American Nurses Association. So we typically don't view ourselves in that regard, partnering with nurses. When in fact, when we're working on these bills, there are four APRN groups, and it really does make a difference when you partner with your state nursing association, um, state specialty nursing associations, or things like hospice and palliative care, places where advanced practice nurses impact patient care inside and outside the hospital. We've also found a great partnership with AARP in our state and on the national level. They have a whole nursing section of support at the national AARP. So these are people that you want to pull in and educate about advanced practice nurses and nurse anesthetists and pull them in onto your side to talk to legislators as well. And it's very, very powerful. And, you know, to the AARP's credit, I think they've realized that Nurses are older, CRNAs are older, the demographics are shifting, and they are realizing who's taking care of them. You know, if you want a physician's care, you go to their office. If you want a nurse's care, you are in the hospital. 
because we're there 24 7 nurses are with them and so to their credit they are aligning themselves with nursing because they have realized who's taking care of their population and as we have this aging population there are way more aarp members than there have been in the past i am card carrying hey and so they understand (laughs) that they're going to need nursing care you go to the hospital for a medical procedure or a medical reason but you stay for nursing care right and they see that and they realize that and they're a powerful voting uh it's one of the largest lobbying arms that there is yeah absolutely absolutely okay so let's talk about we've talked about the side of it where you're meeting your legislator and all of that now let's talk about how you work with your members of your association oh yes so we know in aana and then of course on the state level we are going to have a gigantic turnover of nurse anesthetists people that had put off their retirement with the economic downturn are now retiring in droves as people are aging as crnas are aging and new people are coming into the field we learned today actually from speaking with gary bridges at aana that there are five generations in the workplace in the crna workplace right now right and how you appeal to zero to five year brand new grad is very different than how you appeal to somebody who's in who's awaiting retirement that makes sense we've been we've talked about that a couple of times today we've been recording all day and so these are some of the very things that we have been talking about and to stay relevant your organization has to be able to communicate with all of those groups absolutely so on our state level we've done some interesting things with creating a text messaging platform so to reach members because of the fatigue with emails we're getting emails constantly from everywhere hundreds of emails a day and they get lost in inboxes and the younger group just doesn't communicate that way but an immediate text message or social media message is more appealing and then there are middle-aged people like me who still check all three of their email accounts (laughs) every day and in the business world that's of course how we communicate so we're more used to doing that and then we've got you know paper and sending out things for people who are who like paper in their hands. I mean that's why we still have an AANA journal. I'm pretty sure right. because people. Yeah. Well, you are nice. still printing off all of the articles that we have to read. I, however, <laughs> have gone to notability on the iPad. Um, so, Proud of you, she. Yes, totally. I wish I could get paper. my staff to do that. I'm like, you don't have to print everything you do. Oh, it's. Really but some people just love paper well you can highlight everything and notability so i can still do everything you have a special pencil Mm. and everything and i just can't with traveling in between two homes i can't carry a stack of papers you don't even know where you're at half the time do you uh well there is that (laughs) yes and so that way i can have it with me at all times because i'm sure that you get someplace sometimes kimberly and you're like god i wish i had that article with me well i don't say that i don't have it electronically i just prefer it to be touch it and it's my um office supply accountant days that do that oh highlighters you like all that Tabs. I like she goes to Office things. Depot for fun. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'd be a really fun day. She would. 
watch out. If I'd only met you earlier, Kimberly. <laughs> I do like the text messaging platform. Yeah. They really didn't have that a uh, number of years ago because uh, I thought it would be. I knew that it was going to be up and coming because of the email fatigue everybody checks their phone i mean all three of us have our phones sitting right here and i knew that that would be a way to go coming up and we use it and i think it's been fairly effective for the organization it absolutely has been and it's immediate i mean you know that people are seeing your text messages you look at every single one of your text messages even if you delete it Absolutely. Even if you go through and swipe and delete it out of there, you see it because it comes up. Yep. And so that has been a valuable. And we don't abuse it. I mean, we're talking about, you know, early birds registration ends tomorrow. So it's things like that. I mean, we don't use it and abuse it the way we can an email system because just like uh, David Plouf said in the Obama election of 2008 that you can't email somebody too much. The more you email them, the more likely they are to open up one of them. Yep. So absolutely, I think there's something to that. You know, get spammed out by a text message either. So. Exactly. And really, you know, one of the things I think about when we talk about advocacy and leadership, I mean, there are a couple of questions that come to my mind. One, how do you motivate the younger generation to get involved? Number one. Number two is, you know, what do you say to someone who says, "I don't know how to get involved. I don't, I don't know what to do," or the politics of being in nurse anesthesia turns me off. So I think that's kind of a three-prong approach to questions, but but that's kind of what, you know, in the back of my mind I think about as I look at this. Well, the one thing I do want to get across is that persistence, that we have a lot of CRNAs that we talk to, even some of our classmates at Yale that say, I want to be involved, and I've sent a message to my state president, and I didn't hear anything, so they must not want me. And we need to remember that everybody working at a state level is a volunteer. So they've got a full-time job, they've got a family, or they've got hobbies, or whatever it is that they've got. You may have to reach out to some people more than once. And don't be discouraged if you don't hear back and do follow up, because states definitely need more volunteers. If it were, you know, they would be answering you in a second if we had enough volunteers, but they just don't have that time. So that's one thing I definitely want to get across. Don't be discouraged. The other thing is, is you have If you have time and talents to donate, it really doesn't matter if it's political because chances are you've got people serving on committees or the board of directors that would love to go and advocate for the profession, but they can't because they're putting together the next meeting or they're worrying about a poster session. So just because you're interested in education or you're interested in PR or whatever it is, whatever committee that you want to serve on, that will free up somebody somewhere to do the advocacy piece. And it also makes the association stronger the more volunteers that we have that are involved. Well, I found that if you ask people, they will not tell you no. I have very, very rarely been told no. And people like to be asked. Or if you find somebody and they're talking about something near and dear to them, and I'll say, you know, sounds like you've got a skill set that we need Mm -hmm. and we used to put in our newsletters would you like to serve in this on a committee send it in do you know how many we ever got sent in Zero. zero and that's pretty much all throughout the country whenever i would be speaking people just won't 
take that step, Mm -hmm. but if you ask them. And we're finding that, you know, Kimberly and I are doing a lot of research on our project right now about getting CRNAs or nurses, any nurse, to run for public office. And especially with females, they have to be asked seven times before. Now, there are other people that are classified as quote-unquote self-starters, which would be somebody like myself. I wasn't asked per se I obliquely had been asked but they call those self-starters and I think say, you just told them this is what you're going to do well that's kind of <laughs> how it happened that's kind of how it happened and you do know that Kimberly was my campaign manager I do know that that Absolutely. would be her dream job oh, to yes. be to be able to be paid for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a huge bonus you gotta make money <laughs> instead of instead of having somebody call her and say mm, would you like to be my campaign manager <laughs> and, we, and I can't pay you anything but you're uh, gonna we're, we're gonna abuse you and work you like a horse <laughs> And you're going to love every minute of it. And I did. I absolutely loved that. And that was, I had thought about running for office before, but that experience actually taught me that I like the strategy and the behind the scenes oh, piece. And you're and the so good at writing it. Writing and giving you what you need to communicate and doing that research. I really enjoy that way more than I like kissing babies or shaking hands. <laughs> so it works out perfectly. That's great. That's right. Getting your name drug through the mud (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know one of the things that I just picked up on as you you two were talking was you know I think part of this is just the ask how do you do it it? and just the ask Um, you know a lot of people probably aren't being asked at all to get involved and so therefore they just kind of go along their about their day and assume somebody else is taking care of it so I, right. I guess as we you know kind of talk to our listenership here that you know, that's one of the things if you're at a state level make sure you're asking people absolutely and sometimes that's hard for people who don't have a background in in business or sales to do the ask of course I'm, I'm into all that stuff from a sure you know business and sales but you always want to do the ask Absolutely. In um, the worst case, they say no. And that's the beauty of the micro-volunteering. We had a discussion, I guess this was four years now, at Fall Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. We talked about and that earlier today with Caroline Kilman. Th- and that, I think, is what appeals to Generation Z, the millennials, that type of thing. You don't have to commit to me for the next five years, right. but would you be willing to work on this project? This is something yeah. that we really want to get mm-hmm. done. We want your opinion. You have something to offer, so would you be willing to do this? And oftentimes, from a a purely nefarious standpoint, once you get somebody to start volunteering, chances are they're going to keep volunteering. Right. As long as they like you and you drink wine with them. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll stay around, right? Well, that just goes hand in hand. The volunteer part is what makes the volunteering worth it. That's right. You're singing our tune during our campaign. We drank a lot of wine, and when my daughter got married, she had corks that she glued together to put the name tags in for the guests, and we pretty much had enough corks for the entire wedding. Absolutely. That wasn't and, a small wedding. Sure. Well, we did run out. <laughs> it was. A and long so, it was. A it was. And, but, you know, we did need a few more corks, and so my daughter called. 
Kim Hogan, Jerry mm-hmm. Hogan, yeah. I went to anesthesia school with his wife, and she sent this huge <laughs> box of corks. So something we, about this anesthesia business. That's <laughs> it. Go that's it. Well, let's talk about something that I, I think a lot of CRNAs will not be aware of, and let's talk about the advantages of forming an independent expenditure. Yes, absolutely. Now, the other side's been playing this game for a long time. Definitely. And this was a very forward-thinking past president of ours who I don't know what made her think of the idea, but it was absolutely brilliant. So in 2014, we formed an independent expenditure. It's also called a 501c4, or it's known as a super PAC. And so that gave us the ability to solicit donations from people and they don't have to give their name. So if we have certain groups of physicians or if we have healthcare payers or if we have tangentially interested parties, say minute clinics and things like that, and they wanted to donate money but didn't want to be seen giving to an advanced practice nursing pack or a nurse pack or whatever that our interests were aligned, it gives them a mechanism to do that and it doesn't have to be reported, which some people would say that's dark money and that's, but like Sharon said, we have been doing this in politics for a very, very long time and it was an opportunity for nurses to get involved and I think it was a great idea. That's how nationally all of these the Koch brothers and Absolutely. all of that money mm-hmm. that that's how they funnel that and that was how our opposition funneled money against me ah okay wow very interesting well I, you know I've never even heard of that so I'm sure a lot of our listeners hadn't either but if you're listening out there and your state hasn't done this this is a great Absolutely. idea and it's inexpensive Absolutely. to do I mean it, it's boilerplate it's inexpensive to set up and if you have people and we all have physician colleagues or surgeons or people that we work with that would say you know I'm nervous about stepping out and doing this for the professional retaliation that I'll receive and this is the way to, to do that to support something that's in your interest as well and and Kimberly's become quite the expert on this. So anybody out there that's listening, you can get in touch with me if you don't know Kimberly, and I will hook you up with her because she has become quite the expert at this. As of late, I have. Yes, yes you have. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, you have. Kimberly, are there ways to be involved in advocacy that really doesn't involve advocacy? Absolutely. And it's those things that we were talking about before, that even if you don't want to go and meet with your legislator or go down to the state legislature and talk, you can work for a colleague who does want to go down and do that and free them up and or switch schedules. Again, every volunteer effort at the state level helps with advocacy in some way because you're freeing up somebody else to do that. The other thing is the easiest thing to do is donate to PAC. You charge it $25 to your credit card once a month. You don't have to think about it. And it's your way to participate and allow others to participate in advocacy without actually having to do anything. Why is that so important? Well, unfortunately, campaign donations and things like that are the way that we build relationships. We have to, when we go to campaign events, we sponsor, we are some sort of sponsorship level as NCANA, and so we get 
access to legislators and we can meet and talk to them and just form that initial relationship because what we find and what is universal with nursing is people love nurses Mm -hmm. and everybody knows a nurse even our greatest detractors like nurses and so it is a fantastic way to get your foot in the door and start talking to somebody and when they realize oh i didn't know that In fact, I was talking to a lawyer actually yesterday and was talking about the bill that we have in our legislature. And he said, well, who would be against that? (laughs) And so we had this discussion and he goes, you know what? I had no idea. I'm going to start paying attention to this. Hmm. And so the chances are it's not going to stop there. He's probably going to tell his office mates that or he'll go home and tell his wife or significant other or whatever about this and that's the way that you spread the word right so it's education mm-hmm. and relationships and relationships absolutely and the fact that the other side of this battle or fight or whatever you want to call it they're doing this too right absolutely yeah. well and in most states i would venture to say that they do a better job of it that they've had those relationships they see the need for that they've been successful in the past at developing those relationships and so they're already doing it and like we talked about earlier if you're not telling your story somebody else is and that's literally all you have to do that's it all they want to hear is a day in the life exactly what you do and what that looks like because nobody knows well let's be clear about campaign donations and donating to your PAC. This is not a quid pro quo type of thing. It just, they certainly look at who's donating. Okay, and it gets you an audience, I guess, would be the best way to put this. And I'll give you this example. I tell students all the time, the first time you meet your legislator, I tell CRNAs this, the first time you meet your legislator shouldn't be a time of crisis. For example, I go to work at Forsyth Hospital, and I come in one day, and I've left my pocketbook in the car, and I need lunch money to go down to the cafeteria, and I talk to one of the CRNAs there, hey, I left my purse in the car, can you give me some money so that I can go down and get me something to eat. I'll pay you back tomorrow. They don't know me. They're not going to give me any money. Oh, I think I left my purse in the car, too. But if I go up to Kimberly, and she's known me for a long time, and she knows I'm good for it, sure, Sharon, here's $20, and that's fine with me. Now, we expect the same things of our legislators. You, They've never seen you, and you come up and you're asking them for their vote on your bill, but they've never seen you before, never heard from you. Now, the reality is they're supposed to be public servants, and that's not supposed to come into play, but they're also human. So who are they going to listen to? Right. It just is what it is. Well, it's human nature and relationships. Absolutely. I mean, that's really all it is. And that's in the community. It's the same thing. I was at the gym working out on a spin bike, and the guy next to me says, hey, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? And I said, I'm Kimberly Gordon. What do you do, Kimberly? And I said, I'm a nurse anesthetist, a certified registered nurse anesthetist. And he goes, oh, do you know so-and-so? And I said, of course I do. I work with her. And sure enough, he was running for a state office. 
Wow. And he was in the General Assembly at one point, and this nurse, nurse anesthetist, developed a great relationship with him. And this was over a decade ago, and he wow. could recite her name and said, "Do you know her?" And it instantly gave me credibility with him. Wow! And it instantly made me go out into the parking lot and donate to his campaign, which is what I did. But again, it was that, you know, just that, hello, how are you? What are you doing? Because you never know who's standing next to you in the grocery store or who you serve with on the PTA. And people are, again, they respond to nurses. How many times did we run around in the campaign and you mentioned to people that I'm I'm supporting Sharon Pierce, she's a nurse, and they would have come in and say, oh, look at this. What do you think this is? Do you see my eye here? I mean, checking their medications. Right. But instantaneously, that connection is there. You build that trust and that connection, and it's just natural. So why wouldn't it be the same with a legislator? It's just that easy. Yeah. Very you simplistic, get, but you've you got to, to do it. foot in the door. Yeah. Sharon, I love that description, though. I don't think I've ever heard it told in such a great fashion as lunch. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm still wondering what in the hell you did with a $20 bill from Kimberly <laughs> for lunch at the hospital. Yeah, and what kind of too. lunches you get I'm there, but, you know, hey. <laughs> well, uh-huh. you know, just a, a, one of our classmates at Yale is a young girl. She's absolutely delightful and she's from Michigan and she forgot to buy her plane ticket and drove in it takes her about 10 or 11 hours she's driven a few times she's young you know for God's sake she can do it we've done stuff like that before whenever we were her age but she lost her wallet this past time and she said I don't have a credit card. I can't get home. What am I going to do? So I just announced to our classmates, hey, listen, Erin has lost her wallet. We need to get her gas money to get home. And I handed her $20. Kimberly hands her $20. And all of our classmates did. She's our classmate. We know her. Right. And we wanted her to get home safely, which reminds me, she never did text me whenever she got home. Um, But... It's all about relationships. Yeah. All absolutely. about, and if I might add, it's about being nice. Oh, definitely. It is yeah. about being nice to them, too. I mean, nobody wants to be talked to ugly. So the same thing, and you know, it's hard to screw somebody that you like in yeah. a bad way. So I know that's pretty graphic, but it's also true. And so if somebody likes you, it's hard to put the clinks to you, I guess you could say. Right. Definitely. Kimberly, how did you get involved in uh, the NCANA and just kind of part of this? Did someone ask you or were you just always sort of that type of student and that type of person that is just going to gravitate towards this or what's your story? Well, like Sharon said, I kind of had it in my head, which is interesting because as an accountant, I wasn't involved in my professional organization. I wasn't involved at all. But as a nursing student, as a second degree nursing student, my class revived the Association of Nursing Students at UNCG. And so we were sending people to national meetings for the National Nursing Student Association. And that's how I got my introduction into professional organizations. And then slowly you get to learn that there's a lot of politics behind nursing and your practice act is, your nursing practice is determined by the legislature. 
And so I then got involved with the North Carolina Nurses Association, the American Nurses Association as a new graduate nurse, and then my specialty organization, the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. And I've always felt that it was A, a great way to connect with other people like-minded that work in the same areas and understand and have the same experiences that you do and can learn from. But it's also a way to give back to the profession of nursing. And so then I went back to school as a nurse anesthetist and had no idea at the outset how political nurse anesthesia was or advanced practice nursing is. Really didn't have a clue. And so that opened my eyes my very first year of school. um, I had a wonderful assistant program director and program director, both, who were very politically involved. And they pretty much said as a class to us, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is what's expected of you as a nurse anesthetist. If you're going to come here to this program and you're going to be a part of this profession, then you're going to support it. And I was bitten very early by the political bug and have been involved ever since. So you weren't really asked, you were told. (laughs) Well, I was told by, like I said, my program directors for a predilection I already had. I was already very much a political junkie and involved in politics just on the local level and presidential campaigns and, and whatnot that I was volunteering for just as a a citizen before I ever became a nurse. So it was just a natural step and it made sense. Right. Well, tell them who your boyfriend is. The one I took the picture of at (gasps) mid-year assembly. Oh, yes. Oh, that was hysterical. (laughs) So Charlie Cook came to speak at mid-year assembly last year. And it was so funny because we were out and and I'm like, no, 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 we have to get in there. We have to listen to Charlie Cook. I didn't know who Charlie Cook was. Sharon, if you can believe that, had no idea who Charlie Cook was. But I'm into state politics, mostly. Yes, that's true. So he predicts or gives, you know, odds on every single race. who he is now. (laughs) And so he was speaking. I'm sitting there in the front row and Sharon's like oh we have to go get your picture taken with him and I'm like no 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 so she marches me up there and I have it's on my it's on my nightstand you really are a political junkie that's exactly what I told him I said she loves you and this will go on her nightstand and he he was more than happy he was to have his picture made with you and probably a little frightened well he didn't look scared well, well, this has been great. And, you know, I think we'll kind of try to wrap up here. But, Kimberly, anything that you want to kind of conclude with or leave our audience with as we wrap this up? Thank you for asking, Jeremy. As a matter of fact, I would. <laughs> I am a huge proponent of nursing and professional organizations and the profession of nursing. And what I realize and what I'm learning as Sharon and I are going down this academic journey is that nurses don't believe that they have the skills to contribute, whether it be to politics or their professional organization or leadership, when in fact they personify all of those things. Bedside nurses, advanced practice registered nurses, nurse anesthetists. When I talk to my students, I ask, do you remember what it was like the first time you had to discharge your first homeless person when you had post-op or or ED or whatever it was and how did you feel how did it make you feel what did you think about your community how could you make it better 
And we all have those ideas and those skills, and we understand the problems in our own communities. We understand the problems within our profession. So if more nurses got that and understood it, our communities would be better places, our politics would be more collegial, our workplaces would be better, the healthcare system would certainly be run better, but nurses have to understand the power and the skill set that they have. I love something that Gail Adcock, who is the first advanced practice nurse to serve in the North Carolina General Assembly, and she says this, and I love it, and actually I have plagiarized this before. Whenever you're trying to teach nurses, nurse anesthetists, about going and speaking with their legislators, and they have that fear of that, and Gail says, as a nurse, you go in and develop rapport with the patient in seconds and they're naked and you're asking them about their bowel movements their personal body parts and all kinds of things and you do that in seconds you develop rapport so if you can do that you can go and you can talk to a legislator and like Kimberly alluded to nurses do have all the skill sets they are great communicators they deal with a lot of difficult personalities they negotiate very well they're constantly negotiating they're advocating every day for their patients and it's still advocating it's just in a different manner so i kind of see it like dorothy and the red shoes you always had it yes you just didn't know Know it it. but you're not advocating for people to go ask their legislators about their bowel movements (laughs) <laughs> I, I, might I just want to clarify them. that. Well, I might ask them if they've had a colonoscopy if they're over 50. <laughs> Although you'd be surprised at what they tell you as well. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm once sure. they find out you're a nurse, usually I'm not. I, I have been asked oh, a lot of questions. Yeah. Hmm. I think that could be another show. Um, it could. <laughs> but it might be rated. Uh, Well, I think this has been wonderful, Kimberly. Thank you so much for this. And uh, we really appreciate you being here. So, Sharon, I think that's a wrap. I think it is. We want to thank you for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Until next time. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. 
Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support.